0: Welcome to the Rise Up Fitness Podcast, broadcast from sunny Santa Barbara, California. We're here to go back to the facts, educate you in health and fitness, and help you rise up to your full potential. Hello, and welcome back to uh, the next episode of the Rise Up, S- rise up SD Podcast. I have the go. hardest time with that ever.
1: We've only said it like 68 times. I know. By the
0: time we're done with this whole thing, I'll have nailed it perfectly. That's
1: what we're hoping for.
0: So I know we kind of left you hanging on a cliff the last one. Sorry about that. I uh, said I was going to go do this long race, this long event, and um, we'll be back with you tomorrow. And you got that on Sunday morning. I was running Sunday. Um, It was a long day. We'll get into it. A long, fun day. Um, But we uh, did not get to the podcast Sunday night which would have been yesterday Somehow, for you. Somehow I wonder Somehow. why. And then um, yesterday was also a little bit crazy but we are back. I'm not dead in case any of you were wondering.
1: I was like a little there were times where I was like is he dead? Is there a possibility that he's dead right now? Maybe. Will I find out for several hours? No.
0: Well I was kind of in the backcountry too so you can't really. Yeah I know that's It's not why like I was you can like- text me and be like. Can you know, I get
1: confirmation that you're not dead right now? No. Well, the
0: funniest part was I was texting you a little bit at the very top where you're the furthest back, but that's only because you're at 4,300 feet. And so I was like getting cell service from a teeny, somewhere tiny in San Ynez that you can't even see. I got a teeny tiny bit back there, but only at the very peak. Most of the thing. You well, you zero. only
1: really almost died one time. Um, right?
0: When the rattlesnake yes, went after you? Yes. Yeah. I know. I was fine. I didn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a bad experience.
1: Good, good. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? How'd it go?
0: Um, so overall, it went really well. Um, it's one of those uh, things when, like I was saying before, it was like it was a little bit of unknown on a lot of aspects of the uh, thing because...
1: Into the unknown?
0: And into the unknown. We knew where we were going. Sorry, it I just
1: watched Frozen 2 for the first time. Oh. <laughs> It's really good.
0: It is really good. Um, we we weren't really worried about knowing where we were going. Sometimes that's a factor because we had um, done parts of this. Oh, because uh, you time. knew where you were going. We knew where we were that going. That
1: sounded like we didn't really care where we were going. No, We no, knew no. we'd we get knew, somewhere.
0: We knew where we were going. and It was uh, this goal to kind of get to the peak. So we made sure we knew how to get there. Um, so that was it. The, the unknowns on there really were more about how am I going to hold up? Because as I think I mentioned in the previous one, my longest runs had been um, about two hours. So this ended up being. um, Well, I'm looking at the file here, just so I have some stats for you guys. Um, Seven hours and 38 minutes of moving time.
1: Casual. That's like a work day.
0: It was a little over an eight just, hours.
1: Just a, just a work day running.
0: I think the whole thing took us about eight ten. We had about or eight oh five. We had about twenty twenty five minutes of time when we were pausing to refuel, but we were consistently moving for. Seven hours and 38 minutes and three seconds on my watch. That's pretty um, intense. It's we pretty thought serious. it was 34 miles It ended up being 37 miles. So,
1: What was that about knowing where you were going again?
0: We knew where we were going. You just don't always know how far the trails are. So a little extra three miles, not too bad, you know, but when you're already gone 34 miles, 37, what's the difference? Right. right?
1: Just tack it on the end.
0: Um, yeah. So the biggest things were, um, you know, we ended up doing – elevation was about what we thought, which was there, which was, um, over 9,000 feet. I don't know. Some things were saying up in more than 10 and 12,000, but I think it was, uh, I think it was about, I'm guessing we're on the lower end of 9,000 feet. So that seems
1: like a pretty significant discrepancy.
0: It is. It depends on if it uses an altimeter or a GPS. So hmm. GPS elevation is not super accurate. Um, which is kind of fascinating in itself. The xy position or when it's calculating your mileage of how far you go is very accurate
1: mm-hmm.
0: but um how a satellite is above you it's very easy it can track you as you're like basically running forward or backwards right, but, but it makes sense up it's and harder. down it's yeah, much especially harder. when
1: the diff- when the satellite's already thousands and thousands of feet up and it's trying to detect whether you've gone up an extra five feet or right
0: feet. so sometimes it gets that miscalculation and thinks you go up five feet or up 10 feet and then down two and then up five feet so it's counting those two feet of Change yeah, so if you ever really look, if,
1: if you have like a Garmin or something, because I look at my watch sometimes, and it, especially if you use it like what, like walking or running, and you're mostly just paying attention to the mileage, if you actually go look at the elevation, some of them I think actually do integrate from maps, but correct,
0: Strava does. It that. might show you some, That's but if I'm you from. look
1: on your raw file data, it might show you some weird.
0: Right, you could go on a completely you know, flat, let's say, run or walk along the beach, and it could say. Oh, you did 300 feet of climbing, which isn't a lot, but you didn't climb at all.
1: Or I might tell you, like, you went 50 feet below sea level, and you're like, I don't think that I jumped in the ocean. Right. But.
0: Exactly. So um, Strava uses maps. so That's why I was going out there. It uses actually the topographical map data with your GPS. Maps not are what you're very cool, actually. And, and also watches that have altimeters in them, um, which actually uses the air pressure and calculates that. That's actually much more accurate, though. Anyway, it's a little sidetracked. But um, we're going to say, you know, to be conservative, 9,000 feet of elevation. So that was... That was good. So it was a very uh, long day. It was really fun that we started. We had to start early. We wanted to get a lot of it done where it was hot or at least sections of it. Um, so we start at 530 a.m. Inspiration. Um, we go up to uh, the Glass Factory, which is uh, Camino Cielo. And that's highest point. Not as high as Lacumberry Peak. It's a, in the mid 3000 foot thing, but over the local mountains that you see. So yeah. you get a really good shot at the sunrise, basically, at the top. Yeah, then, I think
1: you, you mostly talked us through what route you were going to yeah, last so then, time.
0: so then back down to Red Rock and then back up to Little Pine Mountain. That was the turnaround. That was nice and high. 4,300 feet, so I'm really surprised there.
1: you didn't just go for Big Pine.
0: I know. Well, you could. That's the next range over. So we could have turned it into like a
1: 50-something mile. Or Boy. Yeah, maybe so. I would say maybe that's pushing it when you haven't actually been running. Super long, perhaps, yeah. perhaps, but I I don't know much about these uh, long distance running things.
0: Yeah, So time
1: that I ran anything in the double digits, I was like, I am superwoman. So
0: yeah, so when I do these long events. Um, I don't know. Some of the questions I get a lot are kind of like, well, what what did you eat? Like, you know, whatever, because you have to eat, right? So imagine not eating for eight uh, yeah, hours. Yeah, you definitely have to eat. Imagine just not eating for eight hours. That's not comfortable. And then imagine you're exercising straight for eight hours. So that's yeah. a whole nother jump.
1: And doing a course like this. They they did a lot of preparation. They had um, help out there, um, a support van, and they had like things where they dropped. Didn't you like, drop water and food? And we didn't have to actually, or- but
0: we w- were going to do that. But basically, we had someone park a van at Red Rock over there because you can't get in by road on this one section. So that was at like miles, I don't know, twelve and twenty four six or something. Mm-hmm. We had because you can't make it without water so one thing we do is I carry a filter a water filter so if you ever get low on water and you absolutely need it, you can filter water and you'll won't die that's the like from one the creek thing. correct yeah um no matter how low you get on food you can always walk like usually you know what i mean you you're fine but you can get really really dehydrated so you can get water from the creek um but we didn't have, actually I'm having to do that at all because we had things so um I carry about two liters on my back so we were able to you know that was able to last especially early morning you don't drink a lot because it's still cool out you're not mm-hmm. sweating a lot i um, relatively speaking. So fill up there. Then we get to the peak and then back down. We were really low on water by the time we got back down. That was the long part. And then, you know, you drink as much water as you can when you're down there. Then you fill up another two liters for the final, final push back up and over Then last peak. Mm-hmm. So, so that was pretty cool. Um, I had mostly ate some adding maybe some homemade granola style bars, which are really yes, good. Yes,
1: I did. So
0: oats and oat flour and nuts and dried cranberries and chocolate chips and maple syrup. Right.
1: Yeah, and some other things. There's some flaxseed in there. Flax some, seeds. yeah, some hemp hemp parts yep. with a little bit of extra energy. But so those are pretty calorie easy dense. To, easy to digest was yeah. the idea.
0: Things like that I wouldn't necessarily use on a short race, like a you no know, Olympic distance or half Ironman, just because that's kind of hard to digest if you're going at a higher intensity. We're not going at a really high intensity. Yeah, we're these are like seven hours.
1: Yeah, when you're eating like things like. Oats and nuts right. and stuff like that. Those do take a little bit more of your body's energy. Not as much as like, say, like a chicken leg or something. But right. um, it does take more than, you know, for example, like a banana or, yep. or like the energy gels or whatever that they make for really high intensity. Right.
0: Reason. And a couple of the guys I went to just did basically, you know, bars and gels and, and liquid calories the the time because that's what they know. I... I'm okay. I've trained my stomach to do really well on real food and I feel more satiated. Like I feel better when I can eat real food. So my, at the aid stations, the other thing I had is I made some, um, you know, that I can't buy it very often, but the Hawaiian sweet bed, I'll eat the entire roll loaf in like yeah, two days. I like King's Hawaiian. So good. Yeah. So I got those and made these mini sandwiches, which were, I just did that, a little bit of mayo, avocado, like a really ripe avocado, which that fat really helps. And then just a little bit of turkey. Again, the turkey is not really digestible, but eating that, it was mostly, you're getting carbohydrates and sugar from the bread, you the avocado and the mayo. That's pretty easy digest easily digestible for fats, easier than nuts, obviously, you can imagine. And that just you know sits in your stomach a little bit thick, which is nice. And then just a little turkey, so those sandwiches were, oh, and a little mustard, so good. Those were like those saved me to be feel like I actually ate something. Sounds like a good yeah. sandwich. Yeah. And I think I drank um well, I filled my pack up three times. So two, four, six, uh eight. I drink over eight liters of water. wow that almost ten. So, you know, two liters, you know, line four of those up and then try to drink all those in one day, you know, but and I was at Probably times I was low on though, water. If you're not actually doing this. Don't do that. That's very dangerous <laughs> Please, if you're not sweating. The reason I could do it is because I was sweating. And I just try to make sure I'm peeing every, you know, hour to two hours. Gross. I know that's gross, but that's important. the way to, you know, how you stay de- dehydrated. So, you know. Well,
1: hey, that's what we say to everybody. Everybody poops. Everybody pees.
0: Yeah. So that's, yeah. So that was cool. And, um, you know, it was, it was pretty hard. I was pretty tired the last five to seven miles. We did the last push. And I would say the last one to two miles uphill, there was very little running. It was mostly fast hiking. And then the downhill was kind of brutal on the legs. The legs were pretty yeah, that, trash what at the end. I
1: think would be really, I just think about how I feel. Not, not only with my body trying to make sure that I don't, you know, yeah. cause every time you hit, but also like, I'm very tense when I run down cause I'm just like, so scared. I'm going to turn an ankle or something. Yeah. So it's like that super concentration of like, don't step on anything. Don't like whatever, you know, don't trip over your own feet.
0: Right. Yeah. So we were doing that and, and running in on the downhill, it was, it's nice because you are going downhill. You get a little bit of a break, which is is super nice because you're not trying to use, you know, it's not as cardio intense going up. Right. Especially that tone when you're pretty spent. Um, But what we, what I did notice is on the, on the downhill, we were about 30 miles in. So you can imagine my quads, my glutes, especially were really tight at the end. Um, But when you're running downhill, if it's a gradual downhill, it's really nice. You can kind of just swing your legs a little bit, do a little shuffle. Um, But but when it gets steeper and rockier, you don't that pickup. You don't have that quick pickup. That's isn't you know nice with your legs. So that those sections were kind of hard on the way downhill and the last three miles. I was just like I just so ready to be done right now.
1: Well, but, that's why you thought it was going to be thirty four miles. It was thirty seven. It Makes sense. Exactly. That last three was not what you wanted to do. But.
0: Exactly. Well, we figured it Tell out. Tell us about term. your um,
1: your encounter with. With the mighty oh, yeah. forces of nature.
0: So um, some cool stuff. There was some. There was um, no major things. One of the guys that we did uh, go with uh, tripped and rolled his, rolled his ankle. That was the most scary portion probably the whole time because um, when you're back there and that happens, I mean, he's not going to die. But looking at us and him, him knowing I might have sprained or very severely broken or hurt my ankle and us looking at, okay, we need to carry him out now. And that's yeah. why you don't run alone. Um, and we're like, oh my God. Cause we were pretty far back. We had already summited the highest point and we were on our way back down a couple miles and we still had multiple miles till the next place where we could potentially get a car to come pick us up. So carrying someone's not fun. Um, he ended up kind of really toughening it out. He made the whole run and it was swollen and stuff, but he was okay. It was, it was good. So it was, he gets the, the tough one. So that was a little bit scary. He
1: gets the award for, for, for the, uh, the, the rub dirt in it award.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we just put a little water on it and you just kind of just try to keep moving. Um, but um, I got struck. Uh, I didn't get struck, but I, a rattler struck at me, which was the scariest thing I've ever seen. I've seen definitely seen snakes out there and I'm not new to rattlesnakes. They don't super freak me out if I know that they're there. Um, right. You
1: don't bother them. They don't bother you. Correct.
0: I, it's not a big deal. I yeah. know they're there. Um, this is the season though. It's. Spring, it's not – in. if it's really hot in the summer, they tend to hide out in the shade. Also, the spring, water's there.
1: Yeah, it is the season A- for rattlesnakes. After season, all snakes
0: be, actually, all yeah, snakes. Yeah, yeah, be careful. So we did see um, – we saw one rattler, which is – that was the biggest rattler I've ever seen. And then we saw two other – two, or actually three other snakes – King snake and a garter snake, which those aren't dangerous at all. And it's actually really cool to go up and just watch them for a minute. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. beautiful. They're beautiful.
1: Especially, God, California king snakes are so beautiful. So
0: that was pretty cool. But I came around a corner and I was in the lead. And um, it was a dark rattler, which I'm also not. But the size of the body, which this thing was very, very large. And I stepped right next to it. You probably
1: scared the bejesus out of it. I did. Well, that
0: was the thing. It didn't even have a chance to rattle because I scared the bejesus out of it. By the time I stepped next to it and saw it and I saw it move again because it was next to a shadow. It wasn't in the shadow. That's the other thing that people don't know is um, rattlesnakes, it's the early afternoon usually that you're going to see them the most. And they are in the sun. They're not going to be in the shade. Okay? So they want that warmth. They're cold-blooded, remember. So look in the sun when you're looking for snakes if you're on the trail. They're
1: sunning themselves. So
0: they were – he was actually in the sun but right next to a shady part. And so he was dark, so he looked like part of the shadow. So I didn't see him when I set my foot down, set my foot down, and then he moved, and then I saw him, and then I jumped, and then he struck at me, and luckily, I was moving fast enough, and I got out of the way, and my buddy Jason, who was the one that put it on, was right behind me, and he was like, (laughs) whoo and then he backed up and then i i was like you know your heart's racing a million times yeah, a you're like, you well at that point you're like did i actually snake, get
1: did he bite well, me that, like i can't yeah, even tell yet. you you yeah.
0: have that momentary like am yeah. i okay you know like when you fall and you're yeah. like wait how bad is it did i break an ankle or right. is it just a scrape you right. have no idea for you know a few milliseconds there and then i stopped and i realized i didn't get it and then i looked back and then you know at first i saw the head the diamond-shaped head and i'm like that's a rattler, but th- that's a dark one. I've never seen one that. And then I looked in its tail, huge rattle on the tail. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, so then I'm trying to find my phone out of my vest and I'm grabbing it. Cause I want to get a picture of it. And mm-hmm. by the time I did that, and then there was like, you know, other guys on the trail and we were all like stopped and he was slid off into the bushes and I couldn't get it. And then Jason, and then Jason like didn't miss it for a second. He's like, wait, where is it? Where is it? I'm like, you're good, dude. Come on, let's go. He was like, oh man. So
1: that's amazing. we just
0: kept going. So that was, yeah, that's only, your, that's your reminder
1: thing. tip. If you're not sure if a snake is poisonous or not, one of the biggest tip offs is the shape of the head. Yeah. If it has like a smooth sort of like oval shaped head, you're probably fine. Right. It doesn't mean you should go kiss it on the face, but you're probably fine. If it's like a diamond shaped head, you, you want to not be where that snake is.
0: Right. Yeah. And there's a lot, and there's some baby rattlers out now too, which are extra dangerous too.
1: Baby rattlers?
0: Baby rattlers are more dangerous than adult
1: ones. I mean, so, the same could be said for a lot of baby things.
0: Yeah. So yeah, um, baby rattlers, they don't understand.
1: They can't measure their poison. They can't their measure their out, right? venom out as much. Yeah, so, that, so they what, just kind of go, Whoop.
0: And they hit you and they can clamp onto you and whatever. And they can get way more venom in than an adult is usually. They know how to access the venom. Yeah,
1: that was actually one of my facts so, of the day. So. It's not just rattlers. It's general um, venomous snakes in general. It's Babies are just more dangerous to humans because they, adult snakes, usually against humans, They most of them aren't thinking that you are the right size for them to eat. You know, so they're not trying to totally kill you. It's but a warning it's shot. A, yeah, and it's a defense mechanism. If they incapacitate you, then they're free to get away. Babies are just like, bah. And they will just, they don't yeah. know how to measure out their venom and they will just... Let it all go and then you'll be in trouble.
0: I think that's the other thing to remember is is that it snakes was snakes are really cool. They're really cool, but they, they don't want to have anything to do with you. Mm-mm. Like they're not Most
1: Wildlife doesn't most
0: wildlife doesn't. And people think that, oh, snakes want to you know stop you. And it's like, well, why did that snake jump and you because I stepped right next to its head and scared the bejesus out of it is yeah. why it was a defense. As soon as it... Struck at me and then turned around and then saw me kind of keep going. It was like I'm getting the hell out of here and just went right into the bushes. It wasn't like it's not gonna. They're not gonna come after you, you know. So it you can get in trouble if you step on a snake when you don't see it and it's not expecting it it can come up and bite you, but it's there and it was funny too because. Um, I was up at Ealing's park yesterday with my daughter and we did see another king snake and she, then she was all like, kind of freaked out. And then we had this big conversation and then we said, it's a nice snake. And she's like, okay, well let's go find other nice snakes. And I said, no, we really You're don't like, go, no, no, let's not we don't go, go looking for snakes. Yeah. When we see them, we stand back and we watch them and we let observe them, them and let them have their yep. space and just like any other wildlife. And she was like, oh, okay.
1: When I was little and I was like kind of scared of bees. Um, cause I've never actually been stung by a bee. Um, you haven't lived thank you. That's a nice assertion. Um, but my mom always used to say, just, t- just tell the bee that you're not a flower and yeah. the bee will leave you alone. And I'm like, do they understand English? She's like, no, but just be, they will figure it out. You're not a flower. It's going to be fine. Um, unless we're talking about yellow jackets because they're just jerks. So just get away from them. Yeah. Anyway, this has been Wildlife Corner.
0: Wildlife Corner. So anyways, <laughs> yeah, finished out. It was a great, a great fun um, race. There was... Um, I just have to give a shout out. There was four guys. Um, there's, there was, so there was, um, five of us guys total and one girl, mm-hmm. um, Chris Burns, who a lot of you may know, shout out to Chris. Chris has kind of just gotten into running. So not like me, I've been going for years and he did 20 miles of it. He did up and over and back for so awesome. about four hours. So for him, that was a huge, huge push outside his comfort zone. So that was cool to run, um, those, you know, that beginning mm-hmm. section with him. And then there were four other guys, all very experienced runners, that made it. And then one girl that joined us and she finished about an hour behind us, but we would see her at different points and she made it and she did awesome. So, well, and she's, she wasn't
1: like a very experienced trail runner, right? Not at all. She's a
0: marathon runner, runner. very good and talented road runner and marathon runner, but she's, you know, trained for marathons. And again, it's very different being out for, for her, it was well, yeah, you know eight to nine hours and, yeah yep. that's
1: that's a very different situation than running flat on a road, yeah, you, so, understand, mm-hmm. you know you have a better understanding of how to pace yourself and stuff,
0: yeah, and then we had two other friends that kind it's of awesome. drew the van out and met us out and did some run some running out there with us, so it was a good small group, you know it's obviously in the trail it's easy to stay
1: you know, you're
0: socially distance uh, apart and do that. Well, and lots of fresh else, air so, yeah good so stuff. if you want to check out the one route exactly, um you can follow me on strava, you can find me on Strava on there if you want to check it out exactly where I we went, the route's really cool. Um, whether or not you like to do long stuff, I definitely recommend going, driving back to paradise at some point and doing hikes out of there Mm because you can start out there and go out. Um, there's some cool
1: spots, but yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, I'm glad that you survived and hopefully you'll get to do more in the future.
0: Yeah. I did a little, tried to run a little bit today, but it was probably a little soon, two days out. And
1: yeah, it's a little soon. I
0: was running pretty slow and for only 45 minutes and it was pretty, pretty spent. So, wow.
1: I'm glad that you got through it, it was fun. and I'm glad you had a good time
0: on to the next uh, challenge. I the already, already talked with this group. So we'll all see. right,
1: guys, thank you so much. We will talk to you very soon.
0: All right. Thanks. Bye.
1: Bye.